Welcome to the Review Your Name podcast. This is our second happy hour podcast. So things are going to be a little bit looser, a little bit more games today. With me, I have Chris, Rachel, and Sam. You've heard their voices before, so we're going to dive right into this. Sam, why don't you start things off with a game of Would You Rather? All right. I was trying to think of like the worst possible situation that we could fall into. So I've decided to go directly to the source of all things horrible with director Brett Ratner. Oh, God. <laughs> this week's Would You Rather. In one scenario... You can either live in a world where every piece of media is either written, filmed, directed, starring Bruce Rat or Brett Ratner, not Bruce Ratner. That would be even worse. That'd be horrible. <laughs> or, or you can be Brett Ratner's personal sex cleanup slave. Oh. And that doesn't mean you get to ever see any of the probably beautiful women he sleeps with. But we all know that he is a disgusting human being who probably has lots of sex with random women. And that's going to need a lot of cleanup. So there's going to be a lot of pubes and lube. And you'll never ever see the women naked, but you'll surely see his, his balls naked. But in this world, you know, media is normal, but you get paid nothing. You volunteer. And you have to clean up all of his disgusting sex things. Do we? So, can I ask questions about what things Brett Ratner is into sexually? You can ask questions, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, like, I mean, are there. I never needed to hear that. Are there a lot of fluids? (laughs) Of course, there are a lot of fluids. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he's clean. I don't know. Have you seen Rush Hour? This is a man who loves urine and shit in the bedroom. Oh, God. So, I I do not get paid. No. You're a volunteer. Um, I have all of my movies and TV shows and music. Is music also affected? Is music all sung by Brett Ratner? Uh, no, actually, in the Alterna world, he only has Jackie Chan do all the music. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, How many hours of my day does it take up cleaning up after Brett Ratner's sexcapades? Oh, it's it's a a 40-hour-a-week job. So I'm, like, destitute (laughs) on the street? (laughs) I mean, you could probably, like, if you can, like, forage for things in his, like, hotel rooms or house. Leftover well, but then does it really matter that all these the pop culture things that I love are out there? Because I never get to experience them if I can't pay to go to see a movie, if I can't eat food. Well, I mean, you, you're connected to Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner will give you movie vouchers and things. Let me ask you he, this. Is, he needs is, to keep you alive, Jordan. Is food he, he also involved in terms of, like, does Brett Ratner, is Brett Ratner involved in the creation of all food? Of food in the Alterniverse yeah. or in the he, uh, Sex Slaveverse? In, in the, the Alterniverse, because alter- I know he in does all the... In the Alterniverse, no. But, uh, Brett Ratner only has his hands in popular culture. So okay. food is the same. The air is the same. Grass is still green. All right. That's good to know. Um, and he will, he'll feed me and give me movie vouchers. In the sex In the uh, sex worker. Um yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he won't feed you directly, but he'll, like, leave the house. Okay, so do I, like, do I get to live can, in his house? Well, I mean, you live in a room in his house. Right. But you can, if you want to try to steal things, if he catches you stealing things, he'll beat you without mercy. <laughs> but he's not going to let you die, Jordan, because he needs someone to clean up all his pubic hair. So he's also going to provide me with health and dental care and all those things. Oh, you do not get dental care. Okay. You have to you have to buy into that, Jordan. All right, all right. It's not um, a Does anyone else have questions since I'm taking all of this up? No, I, I don't want to think about this any more than I have to. Rachel, you have to choose. 
I know. I know that I have to choose, and I already know my decision, which is why I would like to just get this over with. Yeah, I'm ready to make a decision. Chris, where are you? I'm good. All right. Uh, I guess let's go with Rachel first, because she sounds the most disgusting. Oh, God, disgusting. Well, the alter... The, what were you calling it? The alterverse? That, that, that just sounds terrible. And because I am civically minded and would not want to expose the rest of my fellow human beings to that kind of crap, I guess I would have to decide to clean up after Brett Ratner. Now, keep in mind, though, that no one would know that you're saving the Earth from this bastardized <laughs> alterniverse where Brett Ratner... So no one will know the sacrifice you're making. It's not like you're Jesus Christ here. Well, No, but you'll know, right? You'll I'll know. know. I am civically minded, Samuel, and I uh, like to look out for the greater good. That's very noble. Keep that in mind while you're picking up uh, urine. <laughs> <laughs> urine is the least of my worries. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Um, I definitely have to agree with Rachel. I, I'm civically minded enough. I, I'm okay taking a hit for the team. And also, if I can still see movies, like I'm, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be able to still experience pop culture and eat and survive. Um, and in the in the alterniverse, then uh, one of my favorite things in the world, uh, pop culture, is taken away from me. So yeah, I'll be Brett Ratner's uh, sex cleanup guy. And Chris, uh, I will also choose, unfortunately, to be. Brett Ratner's sex cleanup guy. But my reasoning is this, that if he's having enough disgusting, filthy, horrible, nightmare-inducing sex that a cleanup is a 40-hour-a-week job, he's going to die at some point. Like, probably just from sheer exhaustion. Well, what if he, I throw this in? Okay. In the Alterniverse, once Brett Ratner's life comes to an end, doors are open again for anybody. So if, in the alternative, I could just kill Brett Ratner and no, save you, the No, you can't kill Brett Ratner. <laughs> <laughs> cannot be he has to die, he die of natural causes. Okay, that, well, you didn't make that clear. You didn't ask. Well, you didn't ask. <laughs> Chris was the first one to bring that up. Now, I already Brett Ratner him, so. is still a mortal human in this scenario. <laughs> well, I don't know. He, se- he seems to have superhuman ability to do pop culture-related things. It's true. I'm, I'm going to stick with my answer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the waiting game hoping that this... We, that he will die like within a yeah, reasonable in, amount of time. In both scenarios, you are freed from the particular bondage, if Ugh, you will. Don't use once that Brett Rat, once Brett Ratner dies of natural causes. So, all right. Well, that's good to know. Well, you're all wrong. The answer surely was to destroy all of pop culture, so you don't have to pick up his pubic hair. On that <laughs> note, I have to go and pick up my laundry. I will be back hopefully. To join in the festivities. Yes, well, um, I'm going to go ahead and take the torch back from you, and we're going to do our news roundup uh, for the week. So thank you for that horrible, horrible would-you-rather scenario that will haunt me until my dying day. Never again. (laughs) The thoughts I've Uh, had cannot be unthunk. One of the things this week that I thought was very interesting, we got the first glimpse in the form of a teaser trailer of the teaser for A Good Day to Die Hard, the fifth in the seemingly endless Die Hard series. Um, did anyone else see this, or was that just me? I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. Well, all right. Tell us we about can't it. talk about... Basically, it was a minute of things exploding, and then Bruce Willis made a James Bond joke. Sounds awesome! Um, exactly. How do you guys feel about A Good Day to Die Hard? I am uh, someone who loves the Die Hard movies uh, from very young. I think Die Hard is one of, if not the greatest action movie ever. And I actually like Live Free or Die Hard more than a lot of people did. 
Because my, my expectations for latter-day Bruce Willis blowing things up movies are so low. Um, and if, if we can get this one back to an R rating and hear him actually say yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, I'll probably be satisfied enough with that. What do you guys think? Well, I guess in a little bit of a teaser for a later segment of this podcast, I must admit that I have never seen anything other than the first Die Hard movie, um, which I loved. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, but blowing things up isn't really my my favorite type of movie, I guess. So <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm not tied to it either way. If you like. I Rachel was, is admitting to being a communist as we speak. I, I am. I, I am. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I guess I just don't understand how they're still going. I don't understand how Bruce Willis continues to have like viable. I don't, I don't know how he's able to walk at this point. What is he like 75 years old? So it doesn't seem to make that much sense to me, but I think at some point we as Americans decided that, uh, we didn't want to let our, like, 80s generation of action stars go so they could just keep going till they died. Like, we've got, we've got Harrison Ford still making action movies. You've got Bruce Willis. You've got Sylvester Stallone and well, all I mean, the look at, what was uh, Expendables that movie? people. What was that movie? The Expendables? Yeah. Yeah. The Expendables. That was, like, all of them together plus a couple new ones? Like, And the whole premise is basically, like, you, you know, we like our action stars from the 80s enough that we're willing to look past the fact that all of them could be in rest homes at this point and just let them shoot at things for a and while. They're and not, they're not aging well. Maybe other than Says Bruce you. Willis. <laughs> <laughs> Chris finds the rest of more attractive now. <laughs> I guess that Bruce Willis could be seen as the exception to that, but, like, Sylvester Stallone, not aging that well. Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, not aging that well. Like who Arnold Schwarzenegger was replaced with a plastic uh, wax replica, like, seven years ago. And that was most of his governorship was actually a, a wax figure governing California. Yeah, probably would have been a little more successful. Yeah, honestly. yo <laughs> <laughs> I just hey-yo. We got jokes here on the Happy Hour podcast. <laughs> Um, Chris, your thoughts on Die Hard in general, on A Good Day to Die Hard, both as a title and as a potential movie that you'll see? Uh, I'll definitely see it. Uh, I'm not as big a Die Hard fan as I think you might be, Jordan, but, uh, I enjoy them. I always enjoy them. I like seeing Bruce Willis blow shit up. Um, is Justin Long gonna be in this one? Uh, I do not think so. I think, so he was not in the teaser. The premise seems to be that Bruce Willis is going to Russia to help out his estranged son, I don't think that's Justin Long. I think it's someone else. Okay. I, that, that disappoints me, because I kind of actually like the buddy cop team-up dynamic of Bruce Willis and Justin Long. I think that if Justin Long was tortured for the entire movie, and it was just Justin Long in pain, <laughs> I would enjoy it. <laughs> it's completely incidental to the plot. It has nothing to do with whatever Bruce Willis is trying to do. No, it's he, just Justin Long, and, and you're not even necessarily in physical pain, just, like, as uncomfortable as possible. Just, like, psychological torture. Like, like Justin Long is on an airplane neck, uh, with a fat person sitting on either side of him, and he just can't really move around. <laughs> They're showing Brad Ratner movies the entire way, too. Oh, God. I was say that. Yeah, we're awful people. Um, yeah, I'll say it. All right. Um, yeah, and did anyone else, like, live live free or die hard to the level that I did? I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't think it was as good as any of the three previous ones, including Die Harder, which is pretty silly. 
But I thought it was fine and serviceable, and I had a good time. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Like, it, it was it was a good time. I didn't think it was great by any means. I didn't think it was particularly memorable. Like, if you really press me now, I remember there was something like, there was like a, the East Coast was uh, without power, and he jumped on F-15, and that's all I remember from that movie. Also, Justin Long. There's actually a sequel called Die Harder. Yeah. Yeah. No. He is he is in an airport, see? And it's awesome. It, it keeps expanding, right? Like, the first one was, he was in a building. Wait, it, what does it go? It goes, like, building, airport, city, eastern seaboard. Russia. Russia. Okay. <laughs> I missed something somewhere along the way. Um... No, I think that's it. I think it's so. It's yeah. It's it's the uh, whatever Yamamoto towers uh, in Die Hard. It's the airport in Die Harder. It's New York City in Die Hard with a Vengeance. It's the Eastern Seaboard in Live Free Die Hard, and now it's Russia, which is larger than all of those things. Okay, so we need to keep expanding the franchise until we have like Die Hard in space. I will. See, that, I think Die Hard in space was, was the logical conclusion from like you know after the third one. I was ready to go to space two movies ago, so I don't know. Uh, why we haven't already done Die Hard in Space? With Justin Long. Yeah, I would watch that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about the rest of you, but I would watch Bruce Willis in Space with Justin Long, especially if Justin Long was uncomfortable the whole time. His spacesuit is just a little bit too small. And now I'm seeing, it's funny that we talked about this, now I'm seeing that there is apparently going to be an all-female version of The Expendables. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that a long time ago on the podcast. Maybe you weren't here that week. Well, probably not. But uh, <laughs> some, some Battlestar Galactica person is going to be on it. Yes. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel's going to start doing news roundup from like three weeks ago on every podcast. Like, did you guys hear Arrested Development's going to have a new season? No way. Yeah, you guys, that's going to be really great. <laughs> um, I think as much as uh, we've had some fun discussing A Good Day to Die Hard, something we may actually come back to when it's released next February, uh, we can go ahead and move on now. Rachel, you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Miss Marvel and the, the new rumor? Yes. Well, y'all, you two are the comic book people, so I guess I'm intrigued to um, hear your thoughts on this, but... It's been circulating that the new Avengers movie, which isn't going to come out for a while, is going to strongly feature Miss Marvel. Um, and, you know, take this with a grain of salt because it's coming from the Daily Mail. But word on the street is that there are two British actresses who are in the running for the, for the um, role of Ms. Marvel, and those are Emily Blunt and Ruth Wilson. Um, I have talked to some comic book people about Miss Marvel and in my like admittedly basic knowledge of the Avengers universe, I'm pretty excited about her being strongly featured in this next movie. So I'm interested to hear what you two have to say about her playing a bigger part in the next film and what you think about these two actresses who are apparently in the running for the uh, for the role, even though it's super early and probably completely wrong. 
I just like to clarify that when you say the Daily Mail, you mean your mailbox, not actually the Daily Mail as a publication, right? <laughs> like you're getting these rumors from someone slipping things in your mailbox. Yes, there's there's a homeless man who uh, sleeps outside my apartment building. Who uh, he writes Emily sleep. Blunt as Miss Marvel on a piece of paper and slides it into your mailbox, and you're like, let's talk about that on the podcast. This is how I know about this story, and also about. Um, <laughs> Who will be the next president? Yeah, world events. <laughs> His political commentary is actually really impressive. I don't want to be alarmist or anything, but I knew about Benghazi before it happened. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's good. Uh, Chris, what do you think about Miss Marvel? Um, I think she's the obvious choice for expanding the ranks of the Avengers uh, in the next movie because a lot of the other characters that are on the short list. Uh, especially female characters kind of come with a, if you include so-and-so, you also have to include so-and-so. For instance, if you want to put the Wasp in there, you have to bring Ant-Man along. If you want to put Scarlet Witch in there, you have to put Quicksilver in there. So I think Miss um, Marvel makes perfect sense because, uh, A, she has quickly been rising to the ranks of probably Marvel's premier female character. Uh, and B, uh, she has a she has like a military background, which really fits into the whole... Um, uh, shield-driven uh, military structure that has been kind of the backbone of the Marvel Universe movie franchise. So I think it's a very logical character to put in there. Uh, it would um, be somebody who I think could kind of shake things up a little bit because she does come from a modern military structure. So she uh, would be a little bit more likely to, I think, toe the line and therefore possibly clash with characters like Tony Stark or Steve Rogers. So I think it's a great addition. I am a little less enthused about the two choices of actresses that they have uh, in line for casting. In terms of, it's funny that you mentioned the expendable story a minute ago, Rachel, because like in terms of casting, I know not this, she probably isn't a big enough name for Marvel studios to consider, but uh, Katie Sackall from Battlestar Galactica was always my first choice to play Miss Marvel in any I definitely see that. movie. Yeah. She, uh, I think she'd be perfect as Carol Danvers. Like, the other two just don't have, I think, the presence and the in-your-face kind of confidence that I, I think the character, the like the brashness that I think really carries the character. What do you think, Jordan? Um, I've never been all that into Miss Marvel as a character, not because I don't like Carol Danvers or anything. Just I've never really read that much where she's been widely featured. And I mean, she's been on the roster of Avengers for a while now, and I read that book, and I've never really gotten a feel for her as a character. Uh, so I don't know if that's poor writing or if I just haven't been reading the right books, um, but I've never really gotten a feel for her. However, that being said, I think that, that it's a character who just being a strong female presence is enough to say, like, that would be a good thing to add to the Avengers roster. Like, I mean, we had Scarlett Johansson. She was fantastic. Um, sounds like Sam is coming back with his laundry. <laughs> Or he's uh, being robbed. Or he's being robbed, which would be pretty funny if if, if, Sam if someone, robbery if someone is robbing back. Sam right I'm now. Back. If someone is robbing Sam's apartment right now, we would welcome you to join the review to be named. Yeah, podcast. you can you can sit down and talk with us about Carol Danvers. And uh, hey, how you doing? I'm robbing this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys talking about? You queers. Sam Sam now has a character on the podcast every couple weeks that is the person robbing his apartments. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you guys. It was me. Oh. How was the guy robbing the apartment? It was Sam. You're was taking Sam. your own stuff? Ugh. Uh, yeah, it's good. In conclusion, I'm all for more women in the Avengers and Avengers 2. Carol Danvers seems like the easiest choice, like you said, because she doesn't come with any baggage of having to add another male character. 
Well, wow, holy uh, shit, did I miss something going on here? So I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm not sure, uh, you know, otherwise that I'm a huge Carol Landers fan. But I'm all for it, nevertheless. And well, let who me just... do you think should play her, Jordan? Katie Sackhoff is actually a really good choice, um, now that Chris has said that. I don't think, like, Emily Blunt just doesn't scream superhero to me in any way, shape, or form. So yeah. that would be, that would be strange. Especially because, like... She's, a, she's super... an Air Force colonel. Like, Emily Blunt doesn't scream Air Force colonel to me. And also, like, this yeah, you is put a her hair up in a bun. You give her a little hat. <laughs> Bing. Does Colby Smolders scream uh, head of unit to you? Strangely, yes. I don't think so. Col- I don't think so. Colby Smolders pulled but off Maria Hill pretty well. I thought. Yeah. No, she did do well. But I'm saying, like, if you watched her on How I Met Your Mother, I don't know if that was the. Uh, I don't think I would expect that role. I uh, who would I pick if it was not? Because mm. so so Carol Danvers is like super powered as well in terms of like not just superpowers but she's got like flight and super strength and she's like a, a superman level power i mean not obviously as okay superman is, is way more powerful than whatever but she's like she's way more powerful yeah, than a lot of people on the current adventures um so you've got to take that into account i don't know who i would cast other than katie sackhoff who chris already took sam jordan my my lungs are filling up with vomit <laughs> i'm so exhausted Delicious. Keep us posted on that. Well, as a as a quick as a quick follow up to something you were saying a minute ago, Jordan, and just to wrap this up, if any if you or anyone else listening is more interested is a big Avengers fan, more interested in the character of Carol Danvers before the next movie comes out, I would highly recommend uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick's recent relaunch of the character in her own solo series, Captain Marvel. It's only about four issues in. It's it's really good. I would recommend it to any uh, person looking for an entry point into Avengers or specifically the character of Miss Marvel. All right, well, I'll be checking that out then. Um, yeah, noted. Now I want to turn to a different story um, and talk a little about the Oscars who have announced their host. And to my chagrin, I don't know how the rest of you feel, Seth MacFarlane's going to be hosting the Oscars this oh. year. So, <laughs> Rachel, you, you had the first audible discuss. Why don't we start <laughs> with you? You know, I don't really understand... Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I think Seth MacFarlane is funny. I think that there's some really great episodes of Family Guy, but I I don't think that it's a good humor. I don't think that's the kind of humor that I want at the Oscars. Call me elitist, but I don't. You know. want old people stuffy? No. <laughs> you want it younger? Pipper, to uh, to go back a little bit, this is why the Oscars hired Brett Ratner last year. They're trying to get a younger fucking audience. I'm not kidding. And they're still cleaning up the Kodak Theater. Uh, they're, they're, the pubes they have fucking, are everywhere. They, have, everywhere. They, have, they, have, they hired chimney sweeps. Pubes and they're just going around singing songs. <laughs> but, you know, they hired Brett Ratner to make it younger and hipper last year and then it turns out brett ratner is a fucking asshole yeah he was gonna have eddie murphy host it that was so young and and hip well it's younger and hipper than billy crystal or steve martin you have to admit uh and and this is uh you know the next logical step they're not obviously don't have brett ratner back because he's just a pile of horribleness um (laughs) but they have someone who is associated with fox and his just being there is promoting fox because you know he'll whip out one of his famous zany voices and he had he appeals to a younger demographic which you know billy crystal did not do last year and when they tried anne hathaway and james franco 
it did not work. <laughs> now, that's not to say that, you know, this will work, but I, I understand what the strategy is. And at the end of the day, the Oscars is another event show, and event shows have to pull in big ratings, and they just haven't gotten big ratings with young men. So young men like uh, Seth MacFarlane shows, so let's bring in Seth MacFarlane and do it. Let's bring in Dane Coke while we're at it. Uh, let's bring in Neil Patrick Harris. Now, see, that yeah, was yeah. good, yes. though. Like, I think... I think everyone the world over would agree that he's a good host. He's hosted the Tonys before, and it's always been entertaining. He would be a great Oscars host. And everybody you know what? We, loves Neil Patrick Harris. You know what? Maybe the next time CBS has the Oscars, maybe we'll get Neil Patrick Harris. But, yeah, uh, when Hot Rod was in his 13th season. <laughs> well, you know, he's, you know, he's done enough hosting that he knows, you know, everyone knows he can do it, and everyone knows he'd be great. And I think he's expressed that he wants to do the Oscars at some point in his life. And I think he will. But I think we're going to have to wait until a more Neil Patrick Harris-friendly network is uh, is carrying the uh, Oscars that year. And this year it belongs to Fox. So you get a very Fox guy. Yeah. And, so. you know, shockingly, Dan Castellaneta was not tapped. No. The <laughs> problem is no one knows what Dan Castellaneta looks like, really. I, do. I mean, we do. but We do. But, I mean, I mean the... Uh, the universal everybody, as in like ninety nine percent of the people who would watch the Oscars, probably don't know what Dan Castellaneta looks like. Um, everyone knows Seth MacFarlane, though, strangely, because he's very uh, public, and he's the creator, so it's kind of a different spiel. But anyway, it's going to be shitty because all the wrong people will still win, and the jokes will be Oscar jokes, poking fun at everybody, but not too much, like Ricky Gervais did, which upset people, but didn't upset them enough not to keep bringing him back on stage. Unfortunately, he was so censored last time that it was like, you know, it might as well not have been Ricky Gervais. Yeah, I feel like that was, the Ricky Gervais thing was kind of like a one and done. You know, that's going to happen once. Yeah, and then, then it's, you know, even though they got him back, they got him back with so many uh, restrictions, I'm sure, that it just didn't work again. Yeah. So the Oscars... Will surely be too long and not right about who they pick this year. And we will be there, as always, live blocking it, I'm sure, and maligning how terrible the show is and how awful all the awards are, because that's what we do when it comes to award show time. Thanks, Jordan. You're the best. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually make the staff live blog everything at gunpoint. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait for our annual uh, should award shows exist discussion. Or awards good, or why do we watch them still? Or that happens every year, and every year it's during like the podcast they suck. Yeah, during the oh, during a podcast, or just like when we're sitting around in our living room, <laughs> it always it always comes up, uh, and we always usually come to you know more or less the same thing where it's like we like it when the right people win, but the right people never win, so it always sucks. And why even have why even have a competition for art anyway? That's not why art is a thing. We should host a yes. uh, we should host a uh, review to be named podcast awards show. Maybe we will do a review to be named these when we uh, when we have Oscars coming up because Lord knows we all get upset at the Oscars. Um, I just like that we used to have the uh, review to be named happy hour style live blog only for the Golden Globes because the celebrities were drinking and so we felt we could be drinking. And then it sort of expanded to whenever we do a live blog, everyone's like, "I'm really drunk now," and by everyone I mean Chris. Wow, Jordan. Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but we did used to do the uh, the like drinking along with the celebrities thing, and slowly we realized 
Every time we have to watch an award show, we have to be drinking to get through it. Jordan, we have to be drinking to get through most things that we do. That's true. But most, most things that we do aren't broadcast to an audience of literally a dozen. I'm glad. I noticed because you were making the, the sounds of a human who is amused. Um, on that note, let's turn to another story. Uh, Rachel, you were the one that brought this to my attention. You can go ahead and talk about it because I don't really have much to say except that it's a good movie. But Princess Bride's 25th anniversary was this week. It was indeed, and uh, I don't really have that much to say about it. I love The Princess Bride. Um, I think it's great. I think that it's nice that the cast cleaned up for um, a little reunion, if you saw the pictures, because some of those people were looking a little gross last time they did a Princess Bride retrospective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's looking good, and it's great, and I think that, you know, it's it's just a movie, it's a movie that never gets old for me personally. I don't know about how everybody else feels about The Princess Bride, but... I think it's fantastic. I've made a habit of watching it right before any wedding that I go to, which is always fun. It's just it's just good news. It's a good movie. It's like uh it's a movie I saw and really enjoyed when I was a little kid and I haven't really seen it since, but all my memories of it are just like it it felt like this truly epic story to me as a little kid and it was it was funny and dark. And to me, sometimes a little bit scary. So it had a lot going on that I really enjoyed. And the whole framing device about the, you know, the grandpa telling his, his kid, what it was like Fred Savage, right? Um, yeah. The story. It was really great. And I feel like I probably appreciate it more as an adult because I think there were probably a lot of jokes that went over my head. I do remember being absolutely horrified by uh, Billy Crystal and whoever, I forget, who played Billy Crystal's troll wife or whatever it was. It's not, I don't remember who she is. She's not like a, a celebrity a la Billy Crystal. Yeah, but I remember, I definitely remember those two. Um, and, you know, all like the big, the big catchphrases, you know, the. Inconceivable. As, inconceivable as you wish or whatever. And, uh, My name and is it had Andre Andrea. the Giant in it. And that was probably his most iconic role outside of being Andre being the Giant. Being Andre the Giant, yeah. which is pretty iconic. Um, all right. Uh, Chris, anything you need to say on that? Uh, it was one of the categories at a trivia night I did a week ago, and my team crushed it. Ten for nice. ten. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, <laughs> happy 25th <laughs> Well done, college. Princess, Princess Bride. <laughs> well done, Chris. Um, before we wrap up the news roundup, it's time to do a little bit of plugging uh, of the website. Review Be Named is actually launching a new section next week. Next week will be the, the first week of the games section at Review Named, where several new writers will be coming on board to write about video games and all related things. So um, before we close down the uh, the review, uh, news roundup, what do you guys think about the new game section that you haven't read anything from because there isn't one yet? But you excited about it? Because we weren't nerdy enough. <laughs> I think that sums it up. So uh, we will be we will be talking review about the game be, section. Review to be named game section. Nerdier than ever. <laughs> review to be named game section because none of us were getting any anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we just I just to... want to make it clear that I'm not writing for the game section. <laughs> no, I think no one on this podcast currently is writing for the game section. We're actually bringing in a new team of people because I don't play video games, so I would be a terrible video game critic. 
And that also uh, implies that, that they, there's uh, some level of free time that is had in life. Oh, yeah, because I have all sorts of time. Let's let's hope that the new game launching the games seg- section isn't listening to the podcast, or else I don't think we will be having a game section launch next <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, Chris, well, let's hopefully... be honest. Nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> We're trying to get uh, the uh, the new games editor to come do a segment with us next week and discuss, like, what he's thinking on the game section and video games in general and sort of give us a primer on all of that because none of us on this podcast or at Review Named really are big video games people. So hopefully that'll happen next week. It'll if, be cool. If yeah. not, uh, then we'll all be reading the game section. I know I will be anyway. And I'm sure it'll be interesting. Yeah, Sam, wait, that's when... the segment when you can go get your laundry. When, I actually, I, I'm like... speaking of having to leave, I have to leave right now. All right, get out of here, Sam. All right, goodbye, everybody. Bye, Sam. Bye, Sam. Bye. Just as just as a quick uh, tag to the our uh, promoting of the video game section, I like recently like I don't really play games myself, but I I live with a couple people who do, and like video games are becoming a bigger and bigger, uh, more acceptable means of storytelling and a very different kind of storytelling than I think some of the more traditional roots that we are uh, that we cover here at the website so i i i'm ex- I, i'm really i've been excited about the potential of games as a storytelling medium in recent years and some of the advances i've seen in uh video games that are have a more of a cinematic quality to them have a more of a or like a choose your own adventure feel to them it's it's unlike any other medium i can think of in terms of storytelling and it's the focus is becoming more and more on storytelling and that really excites me and although i i don't really I, i'm less concerned with the actual like gameplay aspects of the games that are going to be reviewed which i'm sure there are people out there who want to hear about that kind of thing but i i'm for one i'm kind of excited to see where games are going in the next few years in terms of storytelling and the kinds of stories that they will allow for that say your more traditional movies or television or comics can't really accommodate but i think games can so that's my little two cents to say read the website it should be good you know i i agree with you chris like i've never been a super huge video game person but when i was younger there were definitely games that i did love and now thinking about them they're all they all i'm thinking of two in particular and they're, they're nothing spectacular um but both of them had a really serious storytelling element added into the gamification, which I think is really interesting. And those video games, in case you're wondering, are Spyro the Dragon nice. and uh, and Crash Team Racing and the Crash Bandicoot games. Um, I played a lot of the Crash Bandicoot games when I was a kid, and I loved those games. I love, I loved, I loved the Crash Bandicoot regular games. I loved, loved, loved Crash Team Racing, like the race car game. Um, Spyro was just like my favorite thing fucking ever though like everybody in my family loved that all of my siblings played that and I think it's because it had a really great really interesting story focused on a like on and it was just a beautiful world so I like that and I think that it'll be interesting I'm intrigued to hear what the new gaming section has to say about games that aren't just like shoot 'em up games I hate shoot 'em up games I think they're terrible, so I hope they're not talking a lot about them. I think they'll probably be talking about a little of everything. And yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not too knowledgeable about it. And you all know me and my obsession with becoming more knowledgeable about all areas of pop culture. So I think the game section will help me out on that front. I'll be, I'll be reading it. Um, and we hope, hopefully all of you out there listening will be reading it as well. Um, at this point, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the news roundup. 
and hand things over to you, Chris, for a new game here on the podcast. Okay, so this is a game we have never tried before, and to my knowledge, uh, is an original game to this podcast. So this is a review to be named Original Game. So if it doesn't work, it's on me. Send your hate mail to Jordan, and he will give me the highlights. <laughs> I'm used it. to receiving it, and I enjoy it. Yes. I was just about to say, Chris, so what you mean is this is about to go spectacularly wrong. I Yes. Okay. That's exactly what I mean. Thank you. Okay, so... Let me explain a little bit how this is going to work. This um, Ideally, I think we would play this with more people, but since it's our first trial run of the game, maybe it's better to keep it a little simple to start with. So the game is called A-Team Draft, and I think everybody out there probably has at least some familiarity with the A-Team. They were a group of ex-military mercenaries who went around the country in a big white van solving the problems of people who would who were desperate and for some reason couldn't go to the police. I don't really know why they couldn't go to the police, but they just never could for some reason. <laughs> so there was each member of the team had different expertise. There was like a master of disguise. There was one guy who was like the muscle. There was a pilot. Um, there was a fourth guy. I don't remember what the fourth guy did, but he did something. <laughs> Someone was explosives. Sure. That sounds like that sounds useful. Okay. So the way a team draft will work, is whoever's hosting will give the members of the podcast, will present them with a crisis scenario. And since we are uh, just people who are very highly trained, highly skilled, and very well connected to the world of pop culture, it is our job to respond to this crisis scenario by assembling a team of characters that can be plucked out of pop culture to assist us in solving this crisis. So each podcast participant is leading this team and gets to select three characters from pop culture to help them accomplish their mission or deal with this crisis however they best see fit. And the way this is going to work is there are the selection ceremony, the selection goes something like this. So it'll go back and forth and each person will have five seconds to choose a name. And if they don't choose a name in under five seconds, they're going to be down a person. And that's going to drastically affect their chances of, quote-unquote, winning. Um, so there are only two rules to the selection process. The rules are once a character has been picked, nobody else can pick that character. And two, you can't pick alternate versions of characters. So say, for instance, Jordan says he wants James Bond. Uh, Rachel, and he specifies the he wants Sean Connery James Bond. Rachel, you can't then respond by saying you want Daniel Craig, James Bond, or the Ian Fleming's novels, James Bond. Once James Bond is taken off the board, he's off the board. And then we're all screwed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so do you guys have any questions before we get started on this? I think I'm good. I'm ready to try it out. How many people do we get to have on our team? Three, you said? Three. And okay. You are a member of this team also. You are leading this team. Oh, so it's three people in addition to me. Yes. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, without any further ado, uh, let's get this train wreck on the road. <laughs> okay. So, uh, in honor of Halloween, which is right around the corner, 23 days, 24 days, right around the corner, um, here is the crisis scenario which you have been presented with. All right? Um, and for the purposes of this game, always assume that the president I refer to in these scenarios is President Josiah Bartlett, because why? Yes! Okay. 
So, crisis scenario. Apparently, so the president has brought you into a war room briefing room with some of his top advisors because a crisis has come up that only one of you, the top, most skilled, uh, loose mercenary professionals in the field can possibly deal with. Okay? So the crisis is that the president's daughter has been kidnapped. As best as intelligence can tell, a bunch of Spectre agents were getting drunk at a bar one night, and a few Death Eaters wandered in. Somebody started buying tequila shots. Three or four hours later, after some bad karaoke, most of it Eddie Money, like most of it Eddie Money like duets between Spectre agents and Death Eaters, these guys all got together and decided to kidnap the president's daughter. They did so successfully, and they are holding her hostage within a cornfield. Now, what they did, it's one of those Halloween corn mazes that you see popping up everywhere this time of year. So they have filled this corn maze with snipers, Spectre-trained snipers, some werewolves, a couple vampires, that chick from The Ring, the ghost girl, or whatever, that climbs out of the shower drains, and Frankenberry and the Yummy Mummy. For viewers who don't know who the Yummy Mummy is, Google it. You'll enjoy yourself. Okay, so this maze is filled with all of these creatures, and the president's daughter is at the very center of it, and you have to get her out of here alive. Now, here is the slight twist to the scenario. Um, Jim Lehrer, depressed after reading Twitter commentary of his performance in the debates this past week, has gotten very drunk, and unbeknownst to what is actually going on in this corn maze, has started a small bonfire on the edge of this corn maze that is spreading quickly. No one is aware that this is happening right now, except for you. The The Spectre agents and the snipers aren't aware that there is a bonfire spreading through the corn maze. But intelligence suggests that this bonfire is going to take out the corn maze pretty quickly, and also the president's daughter. So this is the crisis that you have to deal with. <laughs> so the president can only send one of you in because you two don't, you two can't work together because you guys hate each other. Obviously. Yeah, clearly Obviously. it would be a disaster for never work to work together. So he can only send one of you in. So right now you need to pitch the president on who you can call in to help you deal with this conflict and get his daughter out alive. His daughter is probably Zoe. We're, we're going to say it's Zoe. Okay, so um, by virtue of the coin toss which was painstakingly taken under before the podcast began. Rachel is going to have the first pick for the A-Team draft. So I have my timer ready right now. And okay, so I should, I should pick one person right now? Is that how that's You how pick one person, then Jordan gets one person, then you get one person. That, yeah, you get to pick one at a time, but just listen to what Jordan's saying because he might pick somebody that you wanted to pick. Okay. And... You got. You only get those five seconds to pick somebody, or else you'll get like a blank slot on your roster. Okay. Well, okay. The, are I'm you ready. ready, Rachel? And go. Harry Potter. Okay, Rachel has Harry Potter. Jordan. Any money. <laughs> Any money, Rachel. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Jordan. Damn it, Liam Neeson from Taken Two. <laughs> Rachel. Uh, James Bond. James Bond. Jordan. Hellboy. Hellboy. And done. Okay. So really briefly, give me a quick overview of why you chose who you chose, starting with Jordan. Okay, well, Eddie Money was an easy pick because apparently everyone in this maze loves Eddie Money, so if I can get him <laughs> out there to sing to them, maybe they'll all be distracted. 
Um, I was going to pick Buffy for my second pick, obviously, but Liam Neeson from Taken and Taken 2, uh, he's a guy who clearly knows how to deal with a kidnapping situation. I haven't seen either of those movies, to be clear, but I know the premises of them, and it seems like he would be good to have in a kidnapping situation. And because I couldn't get Buffy, um, Hellboy is a good supernatural investigator, and he's super powerful, so why not throw him in there? Okay, fair enough. Rachel, I think I can tell why you chose who you chose, but why don't you justify your picks? Well, I wanted to think about the situation and the various elements. Harry Potter clearly has success getting out of these maze-like situations, um, and because of the involvement of Death Eaters, I thought it was important to have him along. Buffy could take on the other supernatural things. That was a specific hit at you, Jordan. I had somebody who I was going to be nice and pick instead, but then I decided... Uh, see, to and I know that. And I was thinking <laughs> about picking Buffy first in anticipation of that, but I wanted Eddie Money on my side. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that Buffy will be would be would help to take out the other supernatural elements, these werewolves and vampires that you discussed, and then for the more real world um, elements, I picked James Bond because he could help um, with evading the snipers, and I think that he's just good to, good in a pinch, and also you know probably funny. I think he'd lighten the mood just a little bit. Okay, not as much as Eddie Money would. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'd be worried that Eddie Money... I was also thinking about Eddie Money. I feel like he'd probably just be dead weight. What, is he just singing the whole time? Yeah, he's going to sing and everyone will be distracted, maybe come out of the maze. <laughs> yeah. These guys love Eddie Money. See, you that's... Are... If, if, there were, if there wasn't the fire, I think that maybe that would be a more viable option. However, that seems more like... like a long lead tactic... Maybe Eddie Money stands on the other side of the fire and sings, and so people walk into the fire as they're trying to come see him. Hmm. Intriguing. Did you think about that? I, I did not, Jordan. <laughs> but uh, I still have Buffy, so fuck you. All right, since I am the, uh, the voice of the present in this scenario, I am his most trusted advisor. I've been whispering in his ear this entire time. I am going to award this first inaugural round of the A-Team Draft to Rachel. Rachel, yes! you picked a team of professionals at the top of their fields, and you have a well-balanced team. Jordan, I Eddie Money is a wild card. It could pay off. It might not. The president just can't afford to take that chance. But more than that, uh, Liam Neeson from Taken has had his family taken from him twice. His track record <laughs> is abysmal. <laughs> but he always gets them back. <laughs> we don't have that kind of luxury on our hands right now, Jordan. <laughs> We uh yeah, Liam Neeson is the is the weak link on your team, unfortunately. But Hellboy and Eddie Money were inspired picks, so uh, the president will definitely keep you on the on the list for next time when these crises arrive, as I'm sure it's going to. Yeah, point. I'm sure Jed Bartlett would have nothing to say about me picking Hellboy and Eddie Money to rescue Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody took into account the yummy mummy. Damn. <laughs> All right, so Rachel wins the first game of a team draft. Congratulations, Yay. Rachel. Now Yay. And and um, as After a segue, Rachel, you've won, and now it's your turn to uh, introduce a new game on the podcast. Woo, okay. We're just full of firsts, this podcast. Um, well, as any regular listener of the podcast knows, the bedrock of this little exercise is our desire to systematically mock each other. Um, so Sometimes we don't even need a system. Yeah, that's true. So I'm uh, introducing this new game to help do so in an organized fashion. It's called Pop Culture Never Have I Ever. Woo! 
It's pretty simple. Um, for the entertainment of our listeners, I'm going to expose the holes in the pop culture consumption of myself and hopefully some of my fellow podcasters. Again, this is one of those games that would probably be better with a couple more people, but we'll make it work. Um, I'll start by naming a piece of pop culture that is generally accepted as a classic that I have made it this far in life without seeing or hearing. Um, and then I'll ask the other people on the podcast if they have partaken, what is their experience with that piece of pop culture, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if they have encountered it, uh, if, if they haven't encountered it, then yay, I'm not the only one who's awful and not experiencing things properly. And if they have seen it, then they can gloat and make the case for whether or not I should run out and check it out immediately. Um... So I'm pretty excited. We're going to do three rounds of Pop Culture Never Have I Ever today. Um, and it should be pretty quick. So I'm going to start it off with a big one, um, a hole that I understand and recognize in my pop culture background. Never have I ever seen any Indiana Jones movies. What? Good God. Yes. I mean, I know that about you, so I have to feign the shock a little bit. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> can I can I can I have a follow up question? Yes. You have cable. No. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Can I have a follow up question? Yes. Do you have a soul? <laughs> that one is a little more questionable. Do you have a heart? Um, I think that my liver has taken over my heart. Most of your internal organs are just dedicated to <laughs> to alcohol to uh, keeping the liver processing going. at this point. <laughs> the liver is just absorbing them. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you don't have a heart or a soul, but you do have a liver, your liver should be fortified uh, by the experience of the Indiana Jones movies. You can get drunk and watch them, and you will enjoy them thoroughly. Now, do I have to watch them all? How many of them are there, and how important is this? There are four. I would say you do not have to watch them all. Um, two of them are very, very good. Two of them are pretty bad. I, I, no, I, I say two of them are essential. One is worth watching, and one is completely skippable. Uh, and clearly, to, uh, to clarify, Rachel, the one that you never have to see if you don't want to is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the newest one. Is that uh, the one that's Shia LaBeouf? Yes. yes. And Shia LaBeouf plays uh, Tarzan for part of the movie. What? Um, swinging, chasing after a car. It's a whole, it's really, really questionably made on every level. <laughs> um, I think it's it's somewhat better than its reputation for maybe a quarter of the movie, but about three quarters of it are really pretty bad. Um, I would say Temple of Doom, the, the second movie, uh, so the middle installment of the original trilogy, is also fairly bad. Um, watching it again before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I had forgotten just how awful a lot of that movie is. But it also has an awesome opening sequence and um, the scariest stuff of the three movies. Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade are like movies that your life will not be complete until you have seen. Essential. You okay. cannot love Sean Connery until you have seen him play Indiana Jones' dad. I, well, also, I, I would... Jordan, you had that dream once that I was dating Harrison Ford, so I feel like I should really... You're reminding me of that dream that I had completely forgotten. You know, it's really stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Only because we, we determined that it was Han Solo era Harrison Yeah, no, Ford. It, was a, it was a good Harrison Ford to be dating. Yeah. But if, um, I, if I recall, the relationship wasn't that solid. No, it wasn't. Well, maybe if I saw the Indiana Jones movies, it would be better. Yeah, you'd have more to talk about, at least. Exactly. Uh, a quick aside, uh, 
Karen Allen from um, the Raiders. Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Crystal Skull was uh, last year receiving lessons in uh, I think it was like Photoshop maybe or something at the uh, at, at the Georgetown Apple Store from a friend of mine. Really? Yeah, private Final Cut or private Photoshop, and I think a few Final Cut lessons. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so we've we've all well that to go that see secures it. I have to see it then. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think we've made some persuasive arguments, like the fact that Karen Allen apparently haunts Georgetown occasionally, and you might date Harrison Ford. Um, so go see those movies. Uh, who's next on the Never Have I Ever thing? What? Which one of us has to go next? Well, okay, so we could we could do this a couple different ways. Jordan, you clearly didn't listen to me earlier when I was. No, I never that. listen when you're talking. I'm not listening um, right now. I think, I think Rachel has three Never Have I Ever's for I know. have three prepared. However, if one of you wants to make a nice uh, little confession. Oh, no, no, no. If you have three prepared, we're going to go ahead and let continue. you continue to embarrass yourself. I hate you. <laughs> go ahead. Fine. Okay. Never Have I Ever Watched The X-Files. Oh, that's I, not that's not as bad. Yeah, I, I <laughs> in fact I will go out and admit that neither have I actually. I have not watched the X Files. Yes, yet. I got one. And see, I'll I'll jump in. I have not watched all of the X Files. I have seen several seasons. It's fine, um, and it's incredibly important in terms of the way that television evolved. Uh, just because you can't imagine shows like Buffy even existing without the X Files. Um, so I think it's it's a landmark television show, but it's not always a great television show uh and especially supposedly in the later seasons which i haven't seen uh it gets pretty bad so i i would say that, that it's excusable but there are definitely some episodes of the x-files that you should see to uh to have your your full pop culture uh diet taken care of and i i plan to continue watching the show until i have seen it all i just haven't yet intriguing intriguing and chris you've never seen it yeah, it's always been on my list, but it's one of those things that isn't terribly high on my list. Like, I, I'm definitely going to see it at some point, but things just keep getting in the way, and it keeps keeps getting bumped down. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, right, well, there so you go. I don't really have bad. free time. Aliens, not really my thing, so I think that I can skate over the X-Files. Just spend the time you would have spent watching X-Files, watching Rares of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade, like, 40 <laughs> times. Yeah. And then you'll understand. <laughs> well, good to know. Okay, and this last one, to um, keep it well-rounded, this one is about music. Never have I ever listened to an entire Elvis Costello record. I can, I can go ahead and jump out on a limb at this point and say I have listened to every Elvis Costello record, including some ill-advised combination projects, um some compilation tracks that are not on other Elvis Costello CDs, uh, and most of the albums made by Costello's wife, Diana Krall, in part because of her association with Elvis Costello, and in part because she's independently awesome. So I assume you're going to make the argument that this is essential. Yes. Um, but first, Chris, where do you stand on Elvis Costello? I am with Rachel on this. I have never listened to an Elvis Costello album. Yay! <laughs> wow. You guys... Elvis Costello is, is one of the greatest lyricists of all time. Um, and at the top of his game, he writes lyrics that are beyond pretty much anyone else out there. So I would definitely check, check him out. Um, I would start with the early stuff. Uh, my, my Aim is True and This Year's Model are both phenomenal albums uh, with a lot of good songwriting. 
although they tend to be a little cheekier than some of his best songs um, in terms of the lyrical content. They're both like musically and lyrically excellent stuff. Um, so I would check My Aim is True and This Year's Model out at the very least if I were you. Okay, I'll keep it in mind. Good to I'll put know. it on my list. Well, I think that that went smashingly well and that I'm pretty happy, Chris, that you seem to be as um, behind as I appear to be. Yeah, I got um, some stuff to put on the list. Which is nice, and I, I look forward to future Review to Be Named podcasts that involve you idiots exposing your inadequacies. <laughs> A.K.A. every Review to Be Named podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. All right, well, I think we're about ready to wrap up this special happy hour installment of the Review Be Named podcast. Uh, before we do, we of course have to announce the winner of the Rachel Tardif Memorial Award for Best Performance in the Week. Yay. Yummy As- mommy. Yummy mommy. Yummy <laughs> boys. It is a very complicated process to get uh, through all of the different nominations. Sometimes you get a you get a curveball like a yummy mummy, for example. Spoiler alert, Chris, yummy mummy did not win the week. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but occasionally we'll throw a curveball in there. This week it's it's a, a pretty standard actually. It's a nominee who was mentioned during the news roundup, as is the standard, but also who happened to crop up a few times throughout the rest of the show, and who seems to have earned his place as the winner of this week. So congratulations to Bruce Willis, who, for his enduring Die Hard series, and the fact that he's apparently aged very well, will be winning the week. So Bruce, come on down, you can pick up your trophy and your small cash prize here at Review Be Named, and we'd be happy to see you. Go Bruce! <coughs> Chris is upset and being sulky because Yummy Mummy didn't win. What is this Yummy Mummy? Do I have to Google this? Yeah, you have to Google it. Is it like, like, is it going to make me ill? Like, No. (laughs) I mean, I can't promise that just because I don't know what makes you ill. Google it. The The first thing that comes up when I Google Yummy Mummy is Yummy Mummy store all things breastfeeding. No, that's not it. (laughs) <laughs> I'd like it better if Chris was rooting for a breastfeeding emporium to the um. week. <laughs> okay. Well, as much as I'd like to sit here quietly while Rachel finds out what Yummy Mommy is, we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up. As always, you can check out the website at reviewbenamed.com. You can follow us on Twitter at reviewbenamed. You can email us at reviewbenamed at gmail.com. For now, hope you all have a good week, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.